Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Listen, you've heard my hashtag, different, better, more. What will you do differently, better, or more of in 2023? Some of you have already committed to healing from grief by working with me and my non-clinical approach to grief recovery and support. But for those of you who want to round out your healing with a clinical approach, there's BetterHelp and their network of over 25,000 licensed therapists. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then you talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether that's by text, by chat, phone, or even video. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. If your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you, with more scheduling flexibility and at a much more affordable price. Use this link to get 10% off your first month. BetterHelp.com forward slash C words. That's better H-E-L-P com forward slash c words oh those effing c words changing confidence child two words that are so scary they may as well be cursing let's talk about it on this podcast we'll share our stories about hardship and starting over making professional pivots ending relationships and friendships and having the confidence to navigate change I'm Marcia Cork, the change coach, and this is Ooh, Those Effing C Words. Sports Illustrated Fan Nation called him one of the most impactful players in the ACC in 2022. He's ranked second in the country in both total tackles and solo tackles. He's earned a first team all conference selection, been named to the Sporting News All American second team, the unquestioned leader of the Tar Heels defense. He has more accolades than I can name or understand. And even with all of that, I get the most joy out of watching his post-game interviews. He gives a good interview. And that's why I'm so excited to have him on the show today. He is UNC Tar Heels inside linebacker Cedric Gray. And he's my not-so-little cousin. <laughs> Cedric has towered over me probably since he was about 14. So welcome to the show, Ced. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. And alongside him today is his NIL agent, Pat Sumner, who has a story that actually embodies the conversations we have on this show, a life dedicated to basketball, and then a turning point, a life event that kind of changes everything. Welcome to the show, Pet. Thank, thank you for you joining us. Much. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And thank you for being willing to share your story. Of course. So when it comes to sports, I feel like we really only know, you know, the highs, the highlights, the stats, the projections, all those types of things. You guys do interviews all the time, but this is going to be a bit of a different angle. I know you've been prepped. The show is about navigating change, but it's also about, you know, the grief and the fear and uncertainty that come with that change. And we're going to apply that change today to the decisions you make along your career to go pro, right? So I want to talk about the game changer later. That is the NIL, um, protecting an athlete's brand, optimizing social media, all the things. But 
not so technical because your girl is not really into football that much. <laughs> you can't say that to You can't tell Seth not football. <laughs> All right, so let's get started. I'm going to jump into the early years. I want to have both of you share your earliest memory of being introduced to sports and share the point when it turned from recreation to knowing that this is something you want to do long term. Go ahead, Seth. You're the superstar, buddy. Yeah. Um, I mean, me, I've, I've been playing, you know, sports, basketball, football um, since I was little. I mean, as little as I can remember, probably four or five years old. Okay. Um, so that was kind of something that was embodied into me uh, very, very early. Um, and, and I enjoyed it and I loved it and became pretty good at it. And I think probably when I got like my freshman year of high school, maybe I, it was always kind of a dream of mine, you know, obviously get to this level. But I think my like freshman year of high school was really kind of like the point where like I really started to believe like I could do this at this level and, and even further on to the next level. Not until high school, really? Yeah. Like huh. I said, it was like it was always a dream, but I don't mm -hmm. think it really kind of became like, you know, this dream can really become true until then. Mm, okay. Okay. So I, I asked that question because sports is big around here. You know, AAU, all of the different leagues. I don't even know all of the acronyms, but there are so many. I know at that age, four and five, like you said, said they get you into, you know, recreational sports and things like that. But it seems like pretty early on, you start finding these different community and regional based teams. And children are set on that path to, to pro sports pretty early on. I didn't realize for you it wasn't until high school. That's crazy. Yeah. What about you, Pat? Um, my earliest memory is with my dad in the driveway, just shooting. That's all we used to do is just shoot. Um, I had the same dreams as said. They just didn't work out like said. You know what I mean? Um, my dream was always the NBA. And then um, – when I hit high school, I realized I probably had to lower my expectations. I went to a private school, had a couple offers, and then went to go play college basketball in Maine. Could have gone overseas uh, to a team in Germany, but turned that down because I felt God was calling me to do something a little different. Um, so came back home and, you know, just tried to impact the world in a different way. But sports was always, yes. I mean, my dad and I used to get up at 5 a.m. every morning and shoot a 1,000 jump shots and run suicides. And so, I mean, it was – always a dream. Um, but I never was as good as Cedric was at football, you know, as I am at basketball. Like it was, I don't think Cedric can beat me one-on-one. -on -one. His basketball coach told me he could yesterday, but I don't believe that. I had a conversation with a basketball coach. No way will I ever accept that. But um, it was uh, something that was very important to me growing up, you know, and to my dad. We can make this happen, dude, if you want. Listen, anytime, bro. When you can wink, wink. Go to your high school in a couple of weeks. We can, look, we can have it right there. I'm ready to go. I would love to see that. I haven't seen you play basketball, said, in, I don't. Forever. Yeah. Yeah. Because we always thought it was, I, we all thought it was going to be basketball for you for a while. Yeah. yeah. His coach did tell a story that he was a great defender and he plays very hard. He said they were playing Independence High School and this guy was killing them. 
and they put Cedric in, and Cedric said, I got him. Everybody else just stop. I'm going to guard him. And apparently he shut him down. Yeah, and w- which which is why you won't beat me. You won't be able to <laughs> score. All right, said Okay, that's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. I love the trash talk. All right, so you said your dad has you out, Pat, doing suicides, um, all of this early on. So was it a dream for him at the time? Was it something that he could see you doing professionally? <laughs> My dad can still see me doing it professionally. My dad is uh he would fly to Maine out of 104 games I played in college. My dad came to like 97 of them or something like that. He would fly from North Carolina to Maine and fly back in one night. He was uh really supportive. Um tough supportive. If I played bad, he would let me know. And there'd be a text message on my phone. You know, he was uh extremely tough on me, but I think it made me a little bit um emotionally tough, you know, mentally tough. Yeah, but uh, he was definitely supportive. Always there for my mom was the same way. My mom stayed in Maine the first year I was in college, so she didn't miss a game. She bought an apartment up there for a year. Oh uh, wow! Yeah, yeah. And see, uh, those are the types of stories that I hear. And when all these decisions are made very early on. Like I was saying, surprise said that that dream didn't set in for you until high school because they're already having those types of conversations and making those types of life and lifestyle changes in order to pursue that very early on um, goes into the decisions that you, you know, like I said, choosing high school, knowing um, how choosing that high school sets you up for college and collegiate sports. So those types of decisions, what was that decision like choosing high school? Then if this is the point where, you know, you want to set your sights on a pro career. Um, I mean, for me personally, it really wasn't, you know, about choosing a high school. Um, I think the way my mom kind of approached it, you know, Miss Esther, um, she's not really kind of the type to, you know, I guess kind of like chase these these kind of things mm-hmm. or, or kind of do all this extra stuff. I think she kind of believed in the original route. You know, I got approached, like even when I got to high school, I got approached by like other high schools to come there into play and all that and she was just kind of like you know you're going to stay here you're going to do your mm-hmm. thing here um mm-hmm. you have plenty of the ability um to do that and and you can kind of make your name for yourself that way um so that's how it kind of was for me in high school um so yeah it, it really wasn't like like you said like people are it's different like you said they're going to specific high schools to get to to colleges or to get looked by different coaches or just to be on a winning team and and stuff like that. And I guess that's something that I really didn't partake in, but it was definitely around me when I was in high school for sure. Okay. Where did you go to high school, Seth? Audrey Kill High School. And what's the scouting process like there? It's not compared to a lot of other high schools in Charlotte is, is I wouldn't say it's, it's that good. Okay. Said was independent still dominant when you were in high school, or was that past a point? No, nah, they were they weren't still dominant. It was like Mallet Creek and Vance and Myers Park were like the dominant schools when I was there when I was in high school. And so for the people who are being strategic, those are the schools they set their sights on. Yeah. So what was your earliest disappointment? And this is for both of you earliest disappointments when it comes to the sports once you've set your sights on a long-term career and how did you rebound 
Yeah, go ahead, buddy. Um, I want to say, like, for me personally, like, I've kind of said this before, like, I felt like I was a little bit underrated um, coming out of high school. Um, I felt like I didn't get, you know, as many looks as, as some of my peers um, coming up um, in my class um, and different things like that. Um, UNC was my only Power 5 big-time school um, to even offer me a scholarship. Um, and I guess that was something that I kind of, you know, struggled with in high school, you know, going on visits, having conversations with these coaches, you know, and, and seeing peers get these offers, um, but not myself, um, was definitely something that was, you know, a little bit challenging, but I use it, you know, as motivation and, and, and kept it as a chip on my shoulder. And I, I think, you know, something that I wore prideful, you know, even to this day. Yeah. And how did that shape your drive, your enthusiasm, your passion for the sports just made you go harder? Yeah, yeah. It definitely made me go harder. Um, you know, like I said, I always thought I was, you know, just as good as better as some of those people who were kind of getting those looks um, in my class. So it, it just made me, you know, go harder so I can prove that. And does that have anything to do with where you went to high school? Um. I don't really, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not really sure. You know, you, you could say that or you, or you couldn't, you know, I mean, you can say a, a high school, you know, can might get you extra looks, but, you know, in my opinion, I was getting looked by these people. So I think it was just kind of up to them, you know, whether they thought I was, was talented um, enough or not. Okay. Tell me about the scouting process like from start to finish, what that's like, the point where people start looking at you, the point where you start looking at colleges, colleges looking at you, making your decision. Can you talk about that? Yeah. Okay. Um. So I guess this is um how I guess the scouting process kind of works. Um. So usually in high school, some like the most basic, types of scoutings is usually most colleges make their rounds um, through high schools and, and kind of visit with, with, you know, the head coach of that high school. And usually the coach is kind of like, what, like what you got, who you got that you think is talented enough to play here. And, and coaches usually um, give off recommendations. That's probably like the most basic start um, of recruiting and scouting. Um, another way is, like you said, connections. And I think this is where, um, this kind of going to specific high schools mm-hmm. kind of come into play at, because, you know, some coaches may, you know, have a lot more connections, um, and contacts with coaches and, and trust with coaches, um, than other schools. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that's a kind of another way, um, also, there's there's different uh, camps you can go to. Okay. Um, there's camps that are sponsored by um, like Under Armour, Nike, Adidas, these all types of, you know, like type camps. And they, they give out ratings, rankings, and you do all types of certain camps. That's how people mm-hmm. get looked at also. Um, and I'll, I'll probably say lastly, um, you know, these college also host camps of their own for, for prospects and recruits okay. um, to come through. So I think 
between the com- yeah between it between a combination of kind of all that that's kind of you know how how names you know get out and and get fluid and i think another thing that i will say is you know like the bigger you get the more schools will just kind of like jump on you like um i i know like there's some kids who might have had you know got like five or ten offers and then in the next like two weeks they get to like 30 or 40 because all these schools see them see them offering this kid so they're mm-hmm. like oh he 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 has to be this talented he's he's climbing up in the ranking so mm-hmm. we're gonna offer him too we don't want to miss out on him mm-hmm. um so it, it's a lot going on it's definitely a, a very huge thing um and it definitely has its its highs and lows and definitely has a business aspect of it too yeah and is this all out of pocket attending all of the camps making the right connections so some camps are like invite only some camps might be out of pocket i mean it all just kind of depends obviously like the invite only ones are you know probably the more serious ones more Mm -hmm. ones that are more taken seriously than one that they're you know just kind of making money yeah. you know off of you um so yeah there's there's all different types of, of sorts of ways and, and different things that you can do um to get recruited and invite only means they're watching you already yeah and at what age does that start um i mean usually it, it'll start in like when, right when you get to high school but i mean i, I remember like growing up i played this thing I'm in middle school called FBU, which is uh stands for like football university, but it was basically this kind of league, um, kind of referring to what you were talking about, kind of like these regional based mm-hmm. um little league teams. So it was basically kind of like an all-star team, um, after like our little league or pop one season, whatever you mm-hmm. want to call it, um, that like represented North Carolina and we played teams um in Georgia and Florida. And, and all different types of stuff like that. And, and they host camps um, and different stuff like that as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's kids being ranked in middle school, you know, on a national level. Um, so yeah, it, it, it definitely can start very, very early, early yeah. as middle school. Is it the same for basketball, Pet? Oh yeah. yeah. There are kids who are, that change middle schools yeah. to get to a better program. There, there's like a, a number one, class of 2030 basketball yep. player now probably. There is. And, and we're in 2023. Yep. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. There's a kid going on Twitter right now. He's in sixth grade. He's a, a little point guard. He's getting blown up right now. And they're literally saying, like he said, class of 2029, 2030. I'm like, yeah. It'd be t- who knows what's going to happen? He's in happen. sixth grade. Right. So what do you think? Now, I'm glad you mentioned that social media, because when we have more of a conversation about NIL, I think those two things go hand in hand. And I don't know if they support each other, if there's any competition, if social media is, um, I don't know, kind of taboo because they get so much recognition early on from social media. How has that impacted the sport or the recruiting process or the scouting process? Have you made any observations there? I mean, I, I mean, they definitely go hand in hand. I mean, I, I think it's made the recruiting process kind of, I guess, easier. 
you know, especially for, from a coaching perspective. I mean, it, and, and even for a player perspective, I mean, it's a lot more easier, you know, to get noticed now than, than it was maybe 10, 15, 20 years yeah. ago. Right. Um, with, with the internet, I mean, everybody's got video. Every game is filmed. People are making highlight videos, you know, all, all types of stuff. So I think they, they definitely go hand in hand and, and made the process um, easier on both sides. Okay. Okay. So, so that, that access only, that invitation only type of camp now puts social media allows them to put their name in front of some of these programs that exist because otherwise the only way you would know about them is if organizers of the camp have relationships with the coaches at the different institutions, I'm assuming. Right. But now with social media, they're able to, you know, put their name, their performance reels, all of that out there in front of the world. Right. Can you position yourself well, for being seen by the I mean, that, that, I mean, that also depends on how much you produce your talent level. I mean, mm -hmm. you can only get looked at by who wants to look at you, you know, at the end of the day. I mean, you have, you have to be that good. So, I mean, it all depends on where you want to go. I mean, if you want to go to like a, a smaller school, it's definitely a lot easier to position yourself to get seen by them than if you want to go to Alabama or, or something like that. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it just kind of all depends, you know. But I mean, especially like for people who go to like smaller schools, like maybe FCS schools or D2 schools or stuff like that, like they're kind of they're 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 kind of putting themselves in front of those coaches, kind of telling them, hey, I want to come here. You know, it's it's a little bit different, I feel like, than at the higher level. I feel like the higher levels, they they come and get you. You you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? You're not um, going to them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not going to them. They're 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 coming to you. So I, I definitely think for you know some smaller schools, it's this is definitely a plus. Like with this social media thing, I mean, there's you know plenty of people who are talented enough that might have got overlooked before for some of these smaller schools. Yeah. Um. So now that they can kind of strategically put themselves out in front of them, I think that's definitely a good thing for sure. Okay. Actually, let's go into NIL because that's what we were going to do before you fell off, Pat. <laughs> so, my, my phone so, just shut down and said it was too hot. I don't know what that even means, but on a computer now in my office. So Okay. Okay. So sure. give me some insight into the NIL process. And we have a couple of questions um, okay. from some local student athletes here in the DMV area. They want to know about the NIL process as well. When does that start? Does that start as your you know freshman year? How do you align with NIL? First and foremost, tell me about NIL as an entity itself. Can you give me a little bit of background on that? I can. Um, so it's, it can start as early as high school. It depends what state. NIL varies by state and by school, um, which is, it's the wild, wild west. It's a very tough thing um, and they got to figure it out. But- um, Who's they? The NCAA, NCAA has got to figure it out. They, okay. got, they got some, it's just a mess right now, but it's working in some ways. Um, so it's, I like it because I love marketing. I believe in marketing and everybody has their own brand. Like Cedric is his own brand. I mean, you know, he represents himself, but also his family. Um, but 
it's it can start as early as high school. I mean, there are some guys who have NIL deals in high school. I know Bronny just got one. That's LeBron's son with Nike, I believe. And um, there's a kid going to Kentucky out of North Carolina. Um, I can't remember his name right now, but he's got an NIL deal. So, I mean, you can get NIL deals as early as you want to get them. Um, and I would say for me, if a guy like you coming to UNC, it starts as soon as you start set foot on campus. So, okay. you know, like, um, especially if you're a high enough talent, you know, if you're wanting to, if you're a big, big time recruit, your NIL is going to start as soon as you hit the campus that summer. Businesses okay. are going to come after you. Alumni are going to give you some deals um, in exchange for some marketing. So it starts pretty early. I don't fully understand what it is as okay. an entity itself. So it's name, image, and likeness is what it stands mm -hmm. for. So right now, um, Cedric just got a deal with a thing called All Things Insurance. Okay. So um, they're going to pay Cedric and he's going to do videos on social media. He's going to represent their brand on the radio and on TV. And he'll get compensated for that just using his name, image, and likeness. So okay. they're, they're allowed to use Cedric in their marketing. Um, to help their product and brand grow, and he can get he can finally be compensated for that. And they reach out to Ced. Or? They reach out to Cedric, and then he'll push them to me, and then I'll speak to him. Um, I'm kind of like to be the middleman. That way, Cedric can focus on lifting, playing football in school. Yeah. So is it similar to, you know, so you you have Sumner Sports? Is mm -hmm. it similar to that type of representation? It is. So yeah, Sumner Sports is my NIL brand. Um, Okay. So the Sumner Group is our as my family's marketing company. It's the exact same thing, but instead of doing marketing for a business, I'm doing it for Cedric. I'm going out and finding Cedric some good deals is my goal. Okay. And how does the athlete find the agency? You, I think Miss Esther contacted me, right, Seth? Your mom contacted me, correct? Yes, yeah, she did. Um, we did. I did an interview with the I think the Gas and Gazette. I think that's how she found it, and it was on the online and. She reached out to me, and I'm actually a Carolina football fan. Um, okay. So when she called, I was pumped. Um, and they came to the office here, and we met. And it, I mean, it went really well. He was my second UNC football player. I had another one named Emory Simmons. He is now at Indiana. But, um, yeah, Cedric was is probably my third client, the longest one. Okay. And so is that something um, – I'm, I'm trying to – Connect the dots, follow the bouncing ball, because if you're saying this starts as early as high school, then high school students can optimize this and can. start doing research, start aligning with agencies, organizations now. They can. <laughs> but, me. I mean, I think that there's also a lot that goes into that. I mean, like not like every kid is just, you know, getting these opportunities, even good ones. Right. I mean, especially at the high school level. I mean, if, if you're getting NIL deals at the high school level, that means you're 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 top you're top tier. Oh, you're 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 you're, uh -oh. you're top ten in the country type of person. Top oh, ten. Yeah. Okay. Hey, up there. You know, wow. and 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 even at the college level, I mean, like like he was kind of referring to, you know, I mean, there's definitely opportunities um, to make money, you know for anybody um, at the collegiate level, but you know, there is levels um, 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 to it. Um, part of it may be your name, you know, maybe some kids like you referred to coming out of high school, he's a big time recruit, five star, mm -hmm. you know, he might get those, you know, looks, you know, right off the bat. 
Yeah. You know, maybe a guy like me, I was a smaller guy, three stars. So maybe I had to kind of prove myself more before I kind of got different opportunities. So it, it's, a, it's a lot that goes into it. You know, I mean, okay. they're not just, you know, out here giving deals just because you go no, to not. school, you know, you okay. know, college school or you play sports at a school. I mean, it definitely comes with a name. And like you said before, social media, you know, mm -hmm. if you have a big following, like you, you might not even be that productive, but if you have a big following on social media and you're a good marketing tool, you know, then then that's something that maybe some companies might attach to. That's what I was going to ask. So if you just for brand recognition, if you're not a elite athlete or, you know, top performing athlete, but you've got personality right. <laughs> oh, that's, and that's you have accumulated great. this following, right. can you reach out? Because that's that's what I'm trying to make sense of how the athlete pairs with the agency, you, I mean, how you, you all find each other. You got to be marketable. So um, that's the one thing that like, if you're not marketable, age, not, not even agencies, but businesses aren't going to want you. So, and you got to produce on the field. If you're not very marketable, you just got to produce and be a big enough name. So I think Cedric's a good example of kind of a mixture of both. He's marketable and he produces like crazy yeah. and he gets a ton of camera time. It's something I tell the business I meet with, like every UNC game, every time. Yeah. The camera's on set, and they say, Cedric Gray, leader of the defense. It, even if he's not making a tackle, per se, he literally is on camera somehow. They're talking about him. Yeah. Um, and he's after every game interview. So I tell all the businesses I meet with, like, your guy's going to get camera time. You know, he's gonna not going to make any mistakes off the field. Like, he's marketable. Um, but that kind of what – banking off what Seb was saying, like, even if you are a big-time recruit, like, in high school – in my opinion, Bronny James only got that deal because of his name. And I'm right. sure you agree with that. Said, like, no way that as a kid from area in Charlotte, even if he's number top 15 in the country, getting a deal with Nike out of high school. I mean, it's just not going to happen. Hmm. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's, it's about who your name and who you know. Right. In my opinion, that's no disrespect to Bronny James. LeBron, if you watch this, has no disrespect. Right. That's no, no, but it's true. Like, they're, they're like high school athletes aren't just, aren't just getting NIL deals. That's, no. that's definitely not like, Okay. How it works like it you you it's it's you got to be top top tier to even get thought about especially at the high school level even in college i would say i mean it's it's been like i think schools like ohio state and schools that really want to put into their football program will give more deals out but it's been a challenge right. i mean it's it's I mean, really the, been a challenge uh, for Pat, I, I think you definitely make a valid point like you know, kid, like this is going into recruiting also. I mean, there's there's mm -hmm. different things that schools can do to kind of give um, their players opportunities um, through collectives um, and, and alumni and stuff like that. So like kind of Pet was saying, schools with, who are, you know, historically known good at football and, 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 and alumni that are really, you know, in, bought into their football team, I mean, they're they're helping kids get NIL deals right off the bat. The Alabamas, the Ohio States, the the Texas A&M schools like that. There's definitely you know more opportunities probably at those schools for NIL than you would say uh, a UNC. Yeah, because because of that big big name that they have at, at the football level. Yeah, I mean that's just the truth. I mean, I go to school places and. Let's talk. Said have one of the best years on college defense in a long time, and it's you go to these people like you said, and they're just like, yeah, I want to learn more about NIL, but 
if he was at per se in like Ohio State, I mean, they would just be, yeah, 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 no, we're good. Like it just is what it is. Like I love Carolina; they're doing a good job, but it's just different. Like so it's just that's a it's a different mentality for those Big Ten, those SEC schools. Okay, and so the and this is all of the um, all of the kinks that you said need to be worked out. That there isn't really any standardization of um, NIL representation. Um. Yeah, I mean, there are so many kinks. But that's definitely one of them. I mean, I think okay. people need to be educated. So one of my goals this summer is to have a um, kind of like a almost a learning type class. So I want to invite Cedric, my other guy, Puff, and a couple more UNC athletes to do a mm -hmm. seminar and explain to businesses how NIL can not just help the athlete. It helps the school. It helps the community. You know, um, it helps all the businesses around. I mean, if you give to these athletes, it helps – the school can't say that like, you know, Matt can't get out there and say, guys, give to my athletes. Like, but I can, I'm not affiliated with UNC. So I want to get out there and let people know like, Hey, like if these, if you, you can use an athlete to market your product or your brand, why wouldn't you for one? I mean, if I had a product, I would want Cedric talking about my product. If he believed right. in it, you know, if, if I made, this is what it is. And can that be done outside of NIL? Cause this is what I don't understand about NIL. Number one, that it is, exclusive to NCAA. Mm -hmm. um, so what does that mean for students who don't have NIL representation and what they can still do with social media? Are there any limitations to what athletes can do to market themselves, to create and establish themselves as a brand if it isn't under the umbrella of NIL? Um, I mean, yeah. that question make sense? Yeah, no, it may, I mean, they can, I think it's, I mean, pro athletes can definitely do it. I mean, anybody that's not, and you can, anybody can do NIL. I mean, name, image, and likeness. Um, right. Anybody can do it. It just, I mean, it's not, might not be called NIL. You know, like when Cedric goes to the NFL, um, uh, Pepsi might come to him and say, hey, we'd like you to endorse our product. You know what I mean? That's, and then he can do it because he's an athlete. He pro athlete can do whatever he wants. Okay. So, uh, I think, yeah, I think this is just kind of like a name that is kind of attached to college sports. I mean, especially because, was it two years ago, yep. three yep. years ago now, that mm -hmm. they finally allowed college athletes to benefit from their name, image, and likeness and get compensated right, and be represented by uh, different companies. So it's not an agency because that's that's what I'm thinking when I try to make sense of this and how people can optimize it, you know, um, align, do more with social media to, to establish their brand, represent their brand. I'm thinking this is all under NIL as a governing body of sorts. No, the NCAA governs it, right? That's what I mean, that's who governs the whole thing is the NCAA. Um, okay. And there's no agency. So said technically doesn't even need me technically. Yeah, like I don't I don't have to have an agent to benefit from NIL. Uh, okay. Like like different companies, like you kind of said to before, can reach out to me directly and I can communicate with them and they can try to work a deal with me. But you know, me being on the smarter side, why not get an agent so I don't have to gotcha. focus on those things? Somebody who's educated in that area. Um, a sort can can help me and guide me through that process. Um, okay. And the NCAA allows me to have a marketing agent. I can't have a per se NFL agent right now because mm -hmm. I'm still 
an athlete in college, but I am able to have a, a marketing agent through this okay. new NIL uplift. So okay. yeah, I'm not an NFL agent. Let's make that clear. I'm clearly a marketing guy. That's it. I'm not trying to get said in trouble. No, no, no. I got okay. And this is making more sense to me now. I, I was definitely looking at it wrong. In fact, let's go, let's take a couple of questions because this actually might unfold a little bit more in your responses to these questions. So we have two student athletes um, here in the DC metro area. The first, Idell Lanigan. Let's hear his question. Hello, my name is Idell Lanigan, and I attend Riverdale Baptist High School located in Upper Marlboro, Maryland. I'm a quarterback in class 2023. I'm here with you today to ask you about the NIL process. Well, it took me half of the conversation, but I finally got it. So NIL isn't an agency at all. It's a permission, basically, a permission granted by the NCAA for their student athletes to align their name, their image, their likeness to brands and to products and services. So agency representation isn't really needed, but it does help athletes secure deals and you know help protect the interests of the players. So next week, that's where we'll pick up this conversation. I've got two rising collegiate athletes who are ready to seize NIL opportunities in part two, Sed and Pet are gonna answer their questions and then share the decisions they made when it was time to go pro. All right, MCs, till next week. Bye-bye. Ooh, Those FNC Words is an independently produced podcast produced and edited by yours truly, Marcia Cork and made possible with support from listeners like you. To support the podcast, go to anchor.fm forward slash those FNC words forward slash support or click the link in the show description. If you've made a commitment to self-care in 2023, join my free hashtag different, better, more challenge on Slack. Come for the accountability, stay for the community. Download the Slack app now and click the link in the show description to join.